welcome to the One More Rent Podcast. We take it beyond the barbell. I'm your host, Modingo, and with me is Broatmeal. What's up, man? He <laughs> that every day. I know. You, you love bro. You love oh, oatmeal. Every morning, man. One cup with my smoothie. That's Any particular sure. kind that you steel cut? or it's nature's path, uh, organic stuff. I think it's really microwavable. Nothing crazy. Is it like the stuff that already comes in a little packet? Packet? Yeah. Okay. 90 seconds, done. Huh. They used to have some stuff at Trader Joe's that like came in a little bowl already. Just chuck it in their microwave. Oh yeah, this is just it's a well, pack. I don't have high sugar though. Yeah, yeah, this has very low sugar and I make my own. Yeah, there's no I mean, this just saves me time. Yeah. Get my quick thirty grams of carbs. Along with your smoothie. Yeah. And with us as always is our faithful director of social media and show note editor, <laughs> Jenna Fisher of Fisher Photography. Hi. Keep gaining titles, man. <laughs> <laughs> so we've had some pizza. Uh, shout out to um, Christie's. No, his name's Michael, by the way. <laughs> it's not Adam. I looked at his receipt. Oh my god! I'm gonna keep calling him, man. Shout out to Adam. Yeah, Thanks Adam. a lot for delivering that pizza. You know, I, I I know I know the pizza delivery game is is hard. You know, it's hard out there. Yeah, so. only assholes would tip three dollars. I didn't even tip you three dollars. I don't think it was fifteen something. So yeah. it was like five cents. Yeah, asked for two dollars back. So. <laughs> all right. Anyways, two fifty. You probably cried all the way back to the pizza joint. Two fifty. Drive across town. It wasn't even across town. It was down the road. And Vendaya is across town. <laughs> oh my god. Exactly. We live in fucking Phoenix. The, the metropolis. The metropolis of Van Dizzle. <laughs> so. This episode today was one that was kind of just sparked randomly in the middle of us having a rant, I think, but pretty simple. Um, we're going to talk about the difference between working out, training, and competing. Um, I think when a lot of us think about exercise in general, we usually think of working out. Mm -hmm. um, for me, training, that would... The, the thought that comes to mind is like you're preparing for an event of some sort Yep. and then competing would actually be the execution of that event Yep. or of the work you put in. Uh, yeah. As a result, you know, that the training was invested to do that. So let's talk about those three things. Okay. Working out. What would that, what is that to you? What can it be? What is it? What isn't it? What isn't it? What isn't working out? What is working out? All uh, the above. Working out is with zero intent, in my opinion, of trying to achieve X. You're just in here and you're kind of saying- Burning some calories. Work, yeah. The workout's on the board. Mm -hmm. You put zero thought into it and you just do what's- Get through it. You okay. Know, you do what's on the board. Keep the rep schemes. Better not be shaving your reps. <laughs> if you do- We have a whole episode about yeah, that. Yeah, go look that up. Yeah. Um, you won't like it. And um, But coming in, just kind of going through the motions and- really having no game plan, no thought process to the workout you're actually doing. Was, so would that fall in lines with GPP? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, uh, uh, yes and no. I mean, I still think you should kind of attack things and be open to some things we're going to talk about. But yeah, I would say most people just come in, they work out and, mm -hmm. and leave. Okay. So would the differentiator be with working out just for lack of a better phrase, um, without intent? Yeah, I think when you put intent, now you're training. Okay. Okay. Now you're you're doing things with a purpose, with an intent to improve on X. Meaning, if I have a workout <clears throat> and it has pistols in it, and I we've talked about this before. If I'm doing pistols, and when I go down the right leg, my foot stays flat. When I go on my left leg, I go on my tiptoe. I can't keep my heel flat. Mm -hmm. All right. So yes, I can do pistols. I can achieve the full range of motion. I can do the actual movement. Okay. But if I just keep going through you know, right leg's flat, left leg, I'm on my tiptoe, and I just keep going through that motion, you're never going to improve on pistols. Okay. Right? So that's working out. Training would be like, hey. Let's, let's fix that. Let's fix that. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's slow, slow it down. Maybe we go a little bit slower. We get a lower score. Let's fix that, and let's get your foot flat on that one because you're going to find that once you can get both feet flat, now you're going to get in a really good rhythm. You're going to crush pistols. So instead of being average at them, you're going to be a, above average to excellent at pistols once we fix this one thing. And it's going to save you. You're not going to, your calf's not going to cramp and you're, you know, it's not going to blow your leg apart. Is it safe to say that if you don't improve on that 
efficiency that you described, like in, when that pistol that you're not going to get any better at it. You won't. You, yeah, it's your maximum movement for that particular thing. Meaning you're already on your tiptoe heels completely off the ground, which is showing a lack of ankle mobility possibly, or something or, yeah. or technique and not setting your hip back far enough to the heel. Um, not getting your chest over far enough, whatever it may be. Um, there could be technique related to that. But so let's say we are working out and then I see that and be like, Hey, let's, let's fix that today. Mm-hmm. All right. So next time we have them, you're better at it. And then time after that, you're going to be great at them. So I think that that's part of what training is, is with an intent. Okay. okay? And I'm, yeah, well, I, people can say, yeah, I get cues and things like that. No, you have to really attack it. You have to you really have to slow yourself down, okay? If I want to keep someone slow from chicken, down to go fast, if I want to yeah. keep someone from chicken wing on the muscle ups. Maybe I put them on a band until they're straight arm, you know, pulling down to belly button height and then throwing their head over, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I will work on that because they're chicken winging without the band, okay? Sure. So now I am training with the intent to improve on X movement in order to better myself in the fir- down the road. Become become efficient. If you're too, if you do chicken winging. Yeah, and let's say you can crank them out. Uh, Jenna's a pretty good example of this. She does this like kung fu kick, chicken wing thing. And if you haven't seen it, look up her videos. And, uh, and well, when you come, when you come through to load up, you do some kung fu kick bro, or what? Somewhat. It was filmed on kung fu kick, it was, chicken it wing. It was filmed on um, one of the excess stories, and someone sent a message. Direct message says that kick though. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff Sparks. Yep, that's who it was. And um, but if we continue to allow it to happen, okay, then we never take the step backwards in order to start putting emphasis in that. Mm-hmm. It's never going to change. It's just going to continue to be the same. Yes, it's not going to get. She any gets better. The, She gets through the workout, or they get through the workout, and you finish it. But now maybe the next movement, you your fatigue, where you can do less of the bar muscle ups down the road or uh, maybe uh, the inefficiency is going to lead to wear and tear on that shoulder mm-hmm. okay? because you're in a super fatigued state because you're in a compromising position and, like, and, and putting yourself at risk for injury. Yeah. And that's so it all, there's so many avenues here that, you know, fixing one thing and taking a step back and going to a band is not always the worst thing to do. We got to fix that. We got to undo all your bad reps and then start getting a bunch of good reps in there. Okay. So going back to the working out piece, um, do people tend to evolve into the training piece or do they stick in that working out kind of ecosystem or I think does we, it matter on, does it depend on the person? I think when you look at CrossFit in general, across the spectrum, most people just work out. Okay. Right. It's really, it's going to take, it's going to take the owner and coaches to really get them into that training mentality. like. Do you want to come in and just go through the motions or do you want to get better? Okay. okay and then how are you going to get better? Well, we got to start thinking about Yeah, what that's you're doing. my next question. So what's the definition of better when we're talking about the transitioning from working out to training? So better is obviously improvement. Okay. okay. So it doesn't have to be, you don't have to go from, you know, the, being really bad at something to great at something. We just need to improve. We need to go from bad to, you know. Not as bad. Below average to average to above average, then work on being great. Okay. And so small improvement. I think that's something that, you know, we've talked about the, we hate that we're always against the clock. Jenna's kind of mentioned that we're always racing the clock. You know, we're always putting emphasis on finishing, you know, this workout as fast or as uh, many rounds as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and we put less emphasis on actually training, meaning let's get better in this. Let's take less rounds, but let's progress as an athlete. But that has to really start from the top and your coach and the, the way you kind of it, at your whiteboard kind of explain, hey, you know, this is what the workout is today. My recommendation is this. Let's get really good at, like today we had heavy thrusters. So start out with 21 thrusters at 185, 130 into ring muscle ups. And um, the weight kept getting heavier over the three rounds. So we talk about, we already know you're not going to do 21 and broken at this weight. Mm-hmm. right? That's not the point. But let's, when we're fatiguing, let's pause at the top with the thruster fully overhead. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Rebrace, pull back, back down in your shoulders. Let it shove you into your squat. Okay, so let's get good at connecting and receiving the barbell, okay, mm-hmm. while also being able to breathe. If, if the 
if I'm trying to breathe with the barbell on my shoulder, I'm not going to be able to do it as well as if it's over my head. Okay. Also, if it's over my head and I pull down on my shoulder, it's going to drive me down even harder into that squat and I'm going to bounce out even more. Okay. okay. So learning how to get the bar connected to the shoulders is something we really want to work on today, especially at this heavier loads, but also learning how to recover at the top of each lust at the top of each luster. So along luster. with the intent, could we say, I guess, quality? Quality is huge. Yeah. I mean, you can have when, when, when we're talking about training. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Quality over quantity. I mean, I'm, I'm all about that. I think there's the time to have quantity, but it has to be quality quantity. In my opinion, like anybody can program something for someone to do for a long period of time and just run them in the ground in two days because of the, the volume, but it's gotta be proper volume. It's gotta be high quality volume, stuff that makes sense. Like it's like Carrie today was supposed to run 10 by 400 with a every four minutes, but her, she rolled her ankle about 10 days ago and it's still, you know, we've been running a lot. So it's carrying a lot of inflammation. So why would I have her run the 10 by 400 today? So we just sub that out with salt bike, which makes it even better. <laughs> Cause everybody loves some assault bike. Right. But yeah, like, Oh, now you, you know, you got to stick to this plan. Well, yeah, I could Hey, Hey, Carrie, you're going to run today. And then what happens when she can't really walk tomorrow and then she can't, she has, she's not good to go Saturday and we leave next, now, next week. This is our last high volume week. So yeah. Now you're losing training, More training ability. Yeah. Because this is our last high volume week, meaning Sunday's her last high volume. Well, that doesn't mean that at all costs, am I going to put her in a compromising position to get something that we can get out of something else? Okay. Um, so you said quality and volume. You mean like through programming mm -hmm. or whatever particular modality that you're having the athlete perform and execute, but then also quality of movement. Yeah. Um, like you said, uh, referencing back the, the pistol yeah. with the foot up versus getting that foot flat. So when we talk about training in itself, we're, you know, evolving from working out, is that a mentality piece? Is that an ability piece? I think it's mentality. It's Sometimes, you know, Jenna's kind of talked that she's, um, she races the clock a lot and where she could probably work on something specific and get better at it. Mm -hmm. Um, and we get caught up in that where everybody's going fast, everybody's going hard. Well, you may need to work on something more specific than what they need. The people you're trying to race against than in your class, let's say they already have that piece or they're better at that element mm -hmm. than you are. That's okay. Don't worry about beating them. Let's, let's get you good at that element. Sometimes though we get caught up because we want to go, go, go. We like that race. We like that. We like the intensity. We like the, we like the challenge of, you know, they put the bar down, you pick it up type thing. <laughs> but, um, some, when we get caught up in that, it can really damper you actually training really well. I mean, like today, Jenna, we had the muscle ups in there and, um, I've always, <laughs> when we have muscle ups, I'm like, we have an element. Jenna was always going to beat me on the barbell. And, um, so if muscle ups are always next, I've always been like, uh, I'll get her. <laughs> like you'll get her there. I'll get her the muscle. ups okay. like, Cause she has to do, she can't do very many in a row. And so I'm doing my freaking thrusters. Of course she beats me up the thrusters cause she's on steroids and, um, <laughs> chicken wings chicken, or chicken breast, chicken breast, chicken breast. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Chicken breast. Um, and she does a set of muscle ups and she does like seven or eight of the 10. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. Like you're supposed to be like, doing hey, singles. Hey, hey, slow down. I did. I said, I said, you need to go back to singles. <laughs> like, like I'm expecting to be able to, you know, take a little bit longer here because uh -huh. you're better than me. And I know I can get you on the higher skill. And she cranks those out. Now, like my game plan shot, Mo. Now I'm no longer training. Now I'm trying to get now, Jenna. Now you're racing. <laughs> and it wasn't a race. So, cause she did a second set too. And so, which is really good for her. I mm -hmm. think that sometimes, um, she lets frustration affect her training, mm -hmm. meaning if we're going to work on ring muscle ups or work on not chicken winging or whatever it is, frustrations of going slow and frustrations of it not clicking bring her down. Like, doesn't you get frustrated that you're not not able to get it because you're working on something mm -hmm. it can be frustrating, and then everybody's passing you because well, you're, you're because you're working. Yeah, you're a competitor. Yeah, now everybody's passing you. Let's say you build a, a lead, not that score isn't everything, but as a competitor, um, we like that push. We like to be pushed. We like to have people. The external stimulus. We do. Yeah. We, if you're the biggest fish in the pond, you always win. You beat everybody every single day. You're now limited. 
like like if we have a uh if we have a high metcon uh, of like high intensity low weight um and say we have rope climbs or box overs gina will push G- uh, jenna yeah, I get pissed. I'm like, why are you going so fast? Like, can we take it a notch down? Because you just pushed me too far. Now I'm redlining and I feel like I'm going to, I'm like, my pain face is on. Yeah. Got my ugly cry face. face. And. But that's, that's the good thing is, and I've had to explain that to her as a competitor. She's always been the best competitor here. And it's not having, not, it's not about being the best all around. She's, she's still our top competitor all around, mm-hmm. but there's elements that people are allowed to be better than her. Mm-hmm. at, Like conditioning like going you know gina is known for her endurance capabilities and yeah, well and, she comes from a running background yeah you but know. you know and now that she's stronger and mixed that it, uh-huh. it's allowed her to progress on certain her cardiac her cardiac capacity is is, yeah. is huge because she, she had that huge base coming in but she loves that yeah With jenna, that's her that's her thing jenna isn't all about that like that's not her you give her a barbell and you know it's moderately heavy and you got cycle it and give her something on the rig she loves it mm-hmm. right or if you give Gina a moderately heavy barbell, she's not really thrilled about it. That's but not her jam. Yeah. You give her something that is uh, a run, a rope climb, uh, lighter weight, you know, for shorter overhead, whatever. Some it may sort be. of cycling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like her jam. Ones that make you want to puke. That's what she looks forward to. Okay. Where most people aren't like that. So I'm weirdo. But yeah, but the, having people like that to where now it's going to now take G, uh, Gina push Jenna to another level. Kara pushes Jenna Tonello, Angie will push her. Our other, other females who are continuing to get better are better at certain elements. Mm-hmm. So then when she gets to go head to head, it makes her a better athlete and you don't want to be the biggest fish. So Jenna, like when you're looking at the training piece versus your competitive nature, like can you, once that switch goes off, can you not, can you not pull back? Mm-hmm. Like once the competitive Jenna pops out. Not really. Pain face Jenna. I, I feel mean, like I'm in another world a little bit. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like people joke out. when they're like, oh, you blacked out or whatever. I mean, I don't feel like I'm like blacking out per se, but you're in the zone. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, and I don't know. I guess that's just what I feel like, but I don't know. I think it's different too, because, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't, Do wanna, I don't feel you- like I'm like boasting or something, but when you go from being good at all of these things and then someone passes you is different than them always being better than you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, if I'm with a games athlete and I'm training with them, they've always been better than me, Mm -hmm. but it's when people, I mean, and I love that people get gains and that they are improving. Don't get me wrong. I don't Mm want to seem like an asshole, but she is always the first to get to, to notice when someone improves to, to yeah. hype them up or, yeah. and excited for them to achieve the, the lift. But it, it just uh, like, I guess, cause my hip especially, but even without my hip, like Kara can move a stupid amount of weight. And like a part of me feels envious, but at the same time, I'm like, like she rocks it, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's awesome. I'm super happy for her, But at the same time, like I want that too. And I think, I think I saw like a video with like Annie Thor's daughter and Katrin and they're like, you know, like when we're in it, we both want the same thing. So it's kind of hard, but we're still friends. Like we're still going to cheer each other on. And I feel like that a lot, like, but I don't know. I'm competitive. I've never been this far competitive at all, but. Well, the um, thing is, if you would ask and we flip that and say, Kara, when Jenna's over there cranking out butterfly chest, the bar, you know, doing 21, 25 unbroken. Mm-hmm. Well, Kara's like, well, I want some of that. You know what I mean? Like, so even though that I think everybody, and I think that's what's good about having a, a gym that first off, they get along, they can be competitive, but not be in douchebags, which, you know, we don't allow that in here, but you're going to, you're always going to learn that. Yes. Someone can be better at you than this. And it's good. Cause it's going to make you push at what you suck at. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, but you, there are also when the, tomorrow, when we have, you know, if you're comparing, um, Jen, Jenna and Kara on, you know, Kara is super, super strong. You have a squad of any type, step over, like, like, yeah, that, that's, lunge, a, that's like, her wheelhouse. Yeah. She's going to murder it and, and she can move really heavy weight. She's getting better at shoulder overhead. So as her skill sets improve, it makes everybody else's skill sets improve because they're pushing harder because mm-hmm. they, they're trying to keep up. And, and then when you have something, it's, it's a 50 chest, the bar buy-in, like, 
you know, mm-hmm. Kara's not really overly anxious. Like I'm so excited <laughs> about these and G- uh, Jenna's not really that worried about them. Like, uh-huh. You know, it's, so you have those trade-offs and okay. it's, it's pretty cool to watch that dynamic go down. But as a competitor, nobody likes to lose and that's okay. You don't have to be a dick about it. No, I would never be that. Yeah, it's, and that would never be accepted here. She would never be that way, but that would never be accepted. Well, that's just not her personality. Not a personality, but... You, it's not appropriate people, in, seen, in, in, this, seen, in this type of fitness community. We see personalities change when you lose a competition. Like, if we go if we go, Regardless compete, of any sport. Well, yeah. when we go compete, you know, we just got fourth at the Arnold. Jenna wasn't too happy about that. And mm-hmm. I wasn't happy, happy either. Mm-hmm. I don't like to lose. And it was our best placing ever. But it doesn't matter. We were set up to podium. But does it mean that like. But she wasn't like setting cars on fire in a parking no. lot or anything. She might have. <laughs> I have many more reasons. It was too, to do it was crazy too cold things. that day. But as a competitor, you don't want to lose. As uh-huh. a competitor, you don't want to be the last off the bar. But at the same time, when you, when you can step back and realize like you're still good at everything you're great at some things but some people are just better at the things you're good at and that's okay Mm -hmm. do you jenna like do you can you tell when you inherently switch from that training mode to that competitor mode like in the not during a comp because obviously that mindset's completely different but when you're here and you you're trying to achieve a certain stimulus and all of a sudden someone's starting to inch up on you do Mm. you are you able to to over, are you able to identify when that moment happens or does it just, do you, do you black out? Um, I think that, um, I don't know. I, th- I think like you have to get like a confidence almost sometimes like, so for today, honestly, I was dreading it because ever since I hurt my hip, like heavy thrusters, I'm not good with doing multiple, but I was like, okay, you can at least do like three, you know, for the first one, like that's your goal is to try to hit three. Cause that's more than you have been hitting in my, the last couple of days, like my squat has felt like pretty okay. Good. I've hit depth easier, but, um, muscle ups, like Brody said, it's kind of always been like hit or miss. And mm-hmm. then like when I started to feel good on those, I was like, okay, you got it. Like you can do more and like, it didn't feel terrible. So sometimes I feel like when I hit that like confidence, um, then I like kind of get into that mode, but, um, definitely like having people that push you, I mean, or like having fun. I don't know if I'm having a crappy day, I don't really want to work out. Then I'm like, eh, who cares? You know? So you don't really get into that feeling. I don't know. It's easy to get out of that. But Like out of that competitive. Like- yeah. If you just have a crappy day, like who cares? Like, why am I doing this? So <laughs> So you said, bro, the mentality piece is um, probably one of the key factors from that workout slash training mentality. Um, Does that sometimes backfire where someone doesn't have the basic fundamental capacity, but they want to move into that training realm? No, I think you can always train. We can always improve. So. Maybe the intensity, the intensity maybe would be different, I guess. I think, I think it's, it's all about communication. If if I don't tell Jenna, I want her to work on X today in the workout and then she's going through it and she's doing her normal thing. Like I can't be mad at her because she doesn't know. I have to relay that to her. Hey, we got this today Mm -hmm. and this is what you, what I want you to work on while you're doing it. Okay. And then now I can keep notes on her like during class. Hey, handstand, handstand walks around. Oh, handstand walk day with her. It's just like, Jenna, before uh, we're going to work out, we have handstand walks today. I really want you to focus on keeping your feet together, squeezing your butt, pointing your toes. Like, just really focus on that every time. And I'll be damned if her first. She's, walk, legs aren't flopping around. Oh, my and- God. And I'm like, Jenna, we, we talked about this. Like, I told you, <laughs> please squeeze your butt, point your toes. I am. Really. <laughs> No, you're not <laughs> like, cause your legs are going two different directions. Uh-huh. And so looks like an octopus. Yeah. So if I don't, if I don't communicate that with her, okay. And I, this person who may have a lower skill set doesn't mm-hmm. mean they can't improve. Like maybe they go from a uh, blue and green band on pistols down there down to a 
a green band or blue band, whatever. Okay. I have to communicate that to him. I think it, your coach has to intervene here and be like, Hey, today, you know, okay, Christy, she had, uh, we had bar muscle ups. She down to a green band and, um, we counted her bar muscle ups made and attempts because she just came down off of blue and green. Okay. Now learning how to get them with the green is then her next progression. Okay. I, that's okay. Yeah. We can work on this and get frustrated. I understand that, but we're going to work on things and then me giving her cues. So her workout's going to be slower because she's focused on X, but she knows it ahead of time. So it's something you are willing to accept. So something I kind of picked up on what you just said, you can transition to that, that, that training realm without necessarily being a, like a high end athlete. Absolutely. You should. Why? I mean, I don't, we talk about most people in CrossFit come in and work out. Like I say, come in our gym, I want our people to progress. And mm-hmm. our whiteboard time, we, we discuss a lot of this, like our expectations and, and how we, you know, a couple ways to attack the workout here and there, mm-hmm. you know, try this or that. And then there's times where let's say I missed a point and we're in the middle of the wad and I'll walk up to someone like, okay, Hey, watch this. We've tried everything. Let's just really focus on one point of this. Let's say it's an Olympic lift. Let's really focus on uh, like I had Adam the other day, I want you to focus on catching the bar at its highest point, pausing and squatting down. Okay. Don't squat. Don't stand up with it. Catch its highest point, pause. And I want you to squat down because he was having a hard time meeting the bar at his point. He was diving underneath it. And, and then it was collapsing on him. Collapsing on him. His point, he has really bad thoracic mobility. Mm-hmm. So it's amplified then. And so I could, and there's, there's like five or six things we really need to focus on, but let's get good at that. Okay. Okay, when we get good at that, then we'll get good at your, because now, now his footwork's off. Okay, so now once he gets good at that, okay. we'll be like, hey. His proprioception, yeah, he needs to and adjust. I, and yeah. I tell him, I was like, Adam, look, we're going to get good at this, and then we're going to tackle the footwork. But let's get good at this, because even if this is shit, or I'm saying even if this is good, the footwork is bad. Like, you know, we, oh, that was backwards. If, <laughs> if we catch the bar at its highest point, uh-huh. and that's good, and the footwork's bad, okay, we're still going to be off on the bottom because our footwork's bad. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's just, they, they count, they help each other. I kind of twisted that up. But, but you can't, it requires equal attention. You fix the part up top. Now you got to work on the part on the bottom too. Right. Cause I, the brain isn't, 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 isn't picking all that this up. This is what I was getting at. If I, thank you for helping me. <laughs> if I fix his feet first. Okay. And he's still, yeah, that's, that's worthless. He, he's still squatting, catching the bar at the lowest point. Uh-huh. It's, he's still going to crash down. I mean, it ain't going to matter how good his feet are, uh-huh. right? So I have to address the first portion, which is we control the barbell. We don't let the barbell control us. We mm-hmm. talk about that in here. We don't let the bar slam down on us. We catch at its highest point and then we ride it down. Mm-hmm. Whatever the highest point is, the higher percentages that we get, you know, 70s at, uh, at the chest, 80s, right below 85. The, and the heavier we get, the lower the we you catch. can catch it. Yeah. yeah. And then that's when we can have to dive under the bars when we're our, at our one Oh two five max plus. So. Mm-hmm. so now transitioning from the training piece to the competing piece, it, it kind of the way you're describing it sounds like a very small, small bit of transition. Uh, so we train to compete and we compete to test our training. Okay. So Working out is where it usually starts. And then we start training. We want to get better. Let's say you do go do do a competition, and then you get and you are one person who always like to just work out. Mm-hmm. When you come back from the competition, you're done working out. You want to train because <laughs> you you got exposed. Like you know what I mean. There's no worse feeling than going there and then getting exposed on something, right? So that now you're like, okay, now I know what the hell they, they keep saying. Like. Let's stay focused on X. Okay. Their Olympic lifting days. That's what coach was talking yeah. about. Yeah. It just took you like getting you, crushed. You just spent $200 and bought a nice new shirt to learn what I've been telling what, you, what I've been trying to tell you Mo, for the past got, year. And you know, I always wait. I like, it's my, I lay my little traps and that is the, I give, the, the Reese's cups. I give, I give them this information and then I just, I walk away. Mm-hmm. Literally it's, and I can give them to a hundred times. I can lay a hundred traps at them. And then when they trip on those traps, that's when I'm like, hey, remember like the hundred thousand fucking times I've told you this? Uh-huh. This is what I'm talking about. And they're like, oh, okay. That's my satisfaction as a coach. It's a little side satisfaction. So like your side <laughs> DJ, yeah. that's a little side thing I get as a coach is 
when they realize what you've been telling them, telling them is uh-huh. exactly how it should have been done. And <laughs> kind of like our, kind of like our parents. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> and, um, you know, that's, that's a, that's the point where I can, um, it's happened with Jenna. We're like, it'll finally happen. And I'll just smile. You, you just sit, you just there, sit back and wait for her to come talk to you. <laughs> there's no, there's like no words needed. Yeah. I'll look at her cause it'll click and she'll look at me. She'll realize what just happened. Yeah. And I'll just fucking start smiling. Yeah. And she can't even look at me. She's like one of those, like you look at the ground, like she knows who she makes eye contact. Me like, I, I told you yeah. <laughs> like, yep. She's shaking her head right now. So do, do sometimes this, uh, it's not necessarily a direct progression from working out training to competing. Just like in the example you just gave, like yeah. someone works out, they go to competing like, Oh shit, I need to train. <laughs> yeah. I really need to be, Does that happen a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I think okay. that's what one of the biggest things that, triggers people wanting to take that step is <clears throat> when you get exposed, there's no worse feeling when you're, you're out on the wall floor and you're last to finish. Uh-huh. And it's been something that you've kind of neglected or stopped going to. Um, like maybe, maybe you skip snatch day and then you're out there and you're on some, some power snatches. Everybody else is moving pretty solid. Mm-hmm. And then you're say you're in a team cause we do mostly team. Now you feel really bad because you just kind of failed your team. Okay. Now it's really not, it's not really about getting better for you. Uh, it's getting better so you can not do that to your team again. Now you mentioned neglect. Um, is that often what happens when the, the, the scenario you describe where going from working out to competing, is that, is that an opportunity for that athlete to realize, oh shit, I've been neglecting this middle piece here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I've been there. Jenna's <laughs> been there. I mean. I mean, I think the first time that she got there was handstand walks at the Arnold a few years ago. Um, mm-hmm. That was about, that was our first Arnold, I think. We had it, in, we were in the finals, and um, mm-hmm. she couldn't contribute at all. I didn't really care. It was more like the muscle-up thing in Kentucky. No, she, I was going to go to that, but she did care. I mean, she felt like, she's like, well, I'm not really doing anything. Well, we can't. You can't handstand walk, so you can't do this portion. Mm-hmm. And that's just the reality of it. It's not a slight to her. So she doesn't, she wants to be able to contribute to the team. Who doesn't on your team? Like, mm-hmm. so Especially you, at that stage in a competition. And Kara's another good, she, she, every time we had anything on the rig, she really could never contribute to the speed and volume that we needed. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think um, this last competition they did, she was able to get a couple uh, bar muscle ups mm-hmm. in the competition. Now they weren't like she wasn't connecting five and six, but she just picked those up picked like, those, when the past it allowed eight, for nine rest. months yeah, or so. Yeah. yeah. But it allowed Jenna to rest yeah. and allowed Angie to rest. So anytime you can come in, you may not be great on, but before she wouldn't be able to even attempt it. So it had been Angie and Jenna, Angie and Jenna. Uh-huh. It really does a huge thing when you can get someone up, do two singles. It gives you about 20, 30 seconds rest and mm-hmm. say Angie went right before. Now you're getting about 45 And, and that's seconds. two less muscle ups that you have, you have to, to knock do. out. Absolutely. So, and, so it's, it's really cool that it know, might not be a volume contribution, but it's at least a contribution. Absolutely. And then they went on the win and you know, all that stuff adds up. And then the biggest, I was she just mentioned was the, the rig muscle ups. You can kind of talk about that a little bit. Uh, I just kind of got muscle ups. I think we talked about it one other time, but, yeah. um, and I wasn't very efficient at it. Uh, we made finals like in a competition and I was the only one that had them. So I kept trying over and over and over again and I kept landing on my wrist and I couldn't lock out, couldn't get up there. So I was like, shit, <laughs> like, I don't know. It just felt, I don't know. I felt kind of responsible, I guess, like you said, for like failing our team a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I know that I was the only one that could have possibly even right. had them, but still like I couldn't even get one. Like, mm-hmm. um, and it was just kind of embarrassing. I think more than anything, like people keep watching you up there failing and they they're, didn't they're, care, but they're, they're cheering for you. Yeah. They're cheering for and me. Like, like, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> like, like they don't care. And like Melissa Doss was like super trying to help too. Um, and I think, I don't know that really pushed me to work on them. And then, I mean, I still am not like that awesome with them, but getting better. Yeah. And then she cranks out eight today or seven, whatever it was. It was like six too many. So where does this blind spot come from where the athletes that are working out don't understand the necessity for training? Like I said, it starts at the top. Uh, I, we've talked a lot, man. It's, but you said you've had it happen here where people just sort of, where you said you, you, you sit on the sidelines and you smile and you wait for them to come tell you that they screwed up. 
Well, no, that's after I've told them and, and, and try to guide them. And then they, they have a choice that you mm-hmm. can lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink. Mm-hmm. That's happened so many times where I will present this specifically. This is exactly what it is. You keep ignoring me. That's fine. I'm, I'm done fucking exhausting myself with this. It's not, I'm not talking about cues either. It's direction okay. or specific things. If you want to fix this, do this Look, type, I'm deal, done. type I'm deal. Done. I'm, I'm done. Like, this is it. I'm like, there's a point in time where I'm even like, I can't fucking help you anymore. Mm-hmm. And then when it clicks, they're like, oh shit. Yeah, you're right. Like, I know I was right. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm not doubting that. And that's not my be, me being condescending. It's absolutely. I knew I was right. I, I've, I've seen you move. I know what you're not mm-hmm. efficient. What part of this movement you're not efficient at. Just, just listen to me. But sometimes it just doesn't happen. Like, what do you pay me for? <laughs> I'll go up to someone and be like, why? Well, I didn't do that. Yeah. You know what I thought today, Mo? I thought today when I, you were working out, I thought I would just randomly walk up to you and tell you weren't doing something. That and give you, you a cue on something yeah, that you're you doing well. Yeah. That you, I, I was just making up that what you just did, uh-huh. I'm, I'm making that up that you just didn't do it. I'm like, this is what I do. I watch you mm-hmm. work out. Okay. So it's like the most basic thing ever. I'm, I'm watching you work out. Mm-hmm. I'm here to help you. So when I come up to you, I don't come up to you if I'm trying to make a correction with a, with something I made up. I didn't make this up. Like I got other things to do and other things to take care of. So mm-hmm. trust me when I come up to you, you don't feel it. I was like, you don't feel it. I get it. I'm here telling you, bro, you ain't doing this and this is what you're doing. This is what we need to focus on. So is some of that resistance, is that personality driven? Competitive. You're in the heat of the moment. Uh-huh. You want to go like, you don't feel it. Okay. Don't throw your fucking hand up at me. Like, I'm here to help you. Uh-huh. No one in here is good enough or will ever be good enough to not take the coaching. And as soon as you think you can't and you, try then you to, don't need to be here or wherever here is. No, you, know? you need to get your priorities straight. Yeah. And, and, and the straight in the fact that, look, you're trying to go fast. And I want, there's no person in here that wants you to go fast and faster than I do, mm-hmm. but there's still, you're skipping a step and, we got to make sure we get that step because you're going to develop bad habits. You develop bad habits. I got untrained that and you got to undo mm-hmm. all those reps. So I'm really trying to save people pitfalls. I'm trying to save them from, you know, moving from, I want them to move efficiently and as fast as possible while completing the rep because in the back end of a workout, when you, your efficiency pays off, mm-hmm. if you're inefficient up front, you're going to get crushed on the back end and then that's going to result in a slower score. Okay. So I'm training them to say, Hey, Let's work on being consistent. Okay. Let's get a, no peaks, no valleys. Like Jenna talked last episode is owning the business peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. There's huge peaks and huge valleys in, in CrossFit. And as a competitor or someone that's training on something or working on something during that wad, there's going to be peaks and valleys where she would let the valley be so low on her muscle ups. It would pull her down and fuck up the rest of her workout. Okay. Right. Because she mentally is struggling. Well, we got time for that. Okay. Cause the clock's still going. So mm-hmm. we can either accept it that, Hey, we're working or we can't. And if we, if we do accept it and understand that, that this is not going perfect, but I'm still learning, then your training session is actually legit, legitimate. If you look at it and you're failing and you look at it as nothing but a failure and you're not getting better, you're not improving. Well, then you're going to have the worst mentality of this. And it's a, it's a training session that was a failure. When in essence, her failing is when we actually learn the most. And it, it, and as a coach, someone who's watching an athlete move and has watched them move, you know, over a period of time, sometimes an athlete, like you said, can't feel something, but you can see where they're not like driving their hips up or they're not, you know, you know, engaging their lats or whatever. And like you said, I guess the communication piece is where you have to make that person understand, like, I watch you move. I see what you're not doing correctly. This is the cue. Do this. I've even said, yeah. I, I literally have said, I said, look, what do you pay me for? Like, <laughs> you, you, honestly, need to get that, you need to get that on a shirt. Yeah. I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> like I'm up here trying to fix this stuff. And guess what? You're, you're one of 15 people here. So these other 14 people have other things going on too. And other parts of the workout. Like I can't sit here and, and try to convince you that what you did, that you didn't think you did that you did. This look, this is what you did. Okay. This is what you're doing. This Uh is how we need to fix it. And this is how we need to address it. I'm not sure what you thought you did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, But I think uh, like, cause I do that sometimes like 
he'll be like, you're, you're not putting your feet together, like for handstand walking, for example, because that's a good one. But like, honestly, I swear my feet are freaking touching. In your mind, you're like a, like a, like, like, I a, like a 14 year old gymnast. I, I'm not yeah. doing the splits in my head. But then like we, I watched the video and I'm like, damn, my legs are like straddle. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's not that I doubted him, but at the same time, no, I'm really not. <laughs> It's not that I'm doubting you. It's just that like, feel I it. literally in my brain, that's exactly what it feels like. I don't know if it's like something wrong with me or yeah, most likely, but <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I get more frustrated with me. Like, what am I doing to where I'm not feeling this? Like, and that's, not- and that's what as a coach you have to deal with is the athlete's frustration because they can become short and frustrated with you because, um, uh, they want to succeed and she wants to look like a ballerina mm-hmm. in a perfect gym. Nice pointy toes and yeah. then butt squeezed. Yeah. yeah. Like she wants the, in, in her head that she feels like she is doing it. So every time I tell her that she's not, she's not, it. she's like, the hell I'm not Yeah, I'm like, bro, you're not <laughs> like, like you're not <laughs> like kind of those, uh, what I think I'm doing. What I'm, what coach sees, what coach says I'm doing, but what I'm really doing. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, I think so, like, I don't know. That's why I like video sometimes too. Um, which yeah, it's not like I'm videoed yeah. all, all the time or anything, but like for those like online qualifiers, it was just kind of cool to see yourself. And like, I didn't realize I was doing this or what I look like. It's different when you see yourself doing it. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. so watching I don't know. yourself is very helpful because I'll just throw it back to the last episode. One of the things that uh, someone had told me, like when I DJ is like, I get so buried into the into what I'm doing that I never look up at the crowd. Mm. I'm like, yeah, I look up at the crowd all the time. Mm. And then I watched myself. I was just doing, uh, I was doing a set downtown somewhere and, and I was watching the the playback of the video. I was like, fuck, I, I look like a damn accountant or something. I just, my head's like down the whole sleep. time. I'm just like, <laughs> all they're seeing is the top of my head. I'm like, shit, I need to do something about that. So, but in my mind, like, you know, yeah, I, I'm looking up and I'm engaging people, but absolutely not. Yeah. Now, last piece on the, the transition as far as the working out to the training piece, are there certain types of people that are better at making that, that jump? Yeah. Athletes, competitive athletes from, uh, they're less, they're less resistant. Oh, from a sporting background. Yeah. They they want to get better. Now people, when they show up here, they know they're getting coached, so they don't have an option. We're going to improve them in some way, shape or form. Cause they have a background of being coached. Be coached, but they don't like, they could be this, it could be the, Junior high football player. I don't care. They 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 know what it's like to want to do well. Or mm-hmm. you could be competitive. At anything. I don't care if you're a dancer. Whatever. Soccer you know, player. Soccer player. You, you don't want to fail. You don't you don't want to come in. You don't want it to not progress. Okay. But the problem is, the sequence of progressing is sometimes challenging for the athlete because. Um, let's say they're a really good athlete. They're not used to failing or sucking at something. Well, mm-hmm. you're going to suck at CrossFit. I don't care what kind of athlete you are. <laughs> and even when you're yeah. really good, you're still going to suck at even things. those damn gymnasts and swimmers. Yeah, you're still going to you're still going to suck at things. No matter your skill level, no matter your skill set, there's always something CrossFit you're going to suck at. Matt Fraser sucks at stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Fritz Froney sucks at stuff. And yeah. like, yep, he t- sucked at rope climbs at one point. I mean, Tia Clumi, yeah, <laughs> they all you all suck at something. They're not the greatest. Uh huh. You know, I just watched the Invitational. Brony didn't have the heaviest squat. He had, I think he missed 405. And you got uh, two dudes on another team that front squad 435. Yeah. No problem. So it doesn't, but he'll smoke him in a wad. Yeah. So it's just, he's not the strongest, not the fastest, but he's one of the best. So moving on to this last Pete, when it comes, when it comes to competing, um, what exactly do you mean? by competing are we talking about like competitions or like open or do you have to be in some sort of inside the lines quote for it to be a competition you have to have a measurable so benchmark be a a good competition okay uh anytime a repeat of a workout you need a measurable in my opinion how do you know if you actually are have improved without a measurable so yeah we can say uh i had unmodified pull-ups uh or i had modified pull-ups last time unmodified you know, two weeks later, yeah, that's a progression, but it's not really a big measurable. That's, that was, um, there's a skill that you finally learned, Okay. but I, I need times. I need rounds in my opinion to see if all the training that you're doing is paying off in efficiency. So let's say we had Randy, we had Randy on, <laughs> on Monday, Randy is 75 power snatches at 75, 55. And so we had on Monday after our max, uh, full snatch and we max out week. 
And um, let's say first time you did it, your barbell cycling was inefficient. Okay, you weren't regripping at the top. Uh, you weren't smooth on the way down with the the bar on the snatch. And the last and from that time to the this time that we just tested it, you've been working on barbell cycling, regripping the top, you know, saving your grip, things like that. And that measurable now you shave ninety seconds off your Randy time, which is an eternity. What do you, what do you call it? The spirit fingers up at the top. Yeah, I mean, it's just, <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah. Someone taught me that trick a long time ago. I was like, damn, that's yeah. I don't need to strangle the bar when I'm up at the top. Yeah. That's that's stupid. Yep. So, <laughs> so they do that. And they get a ninety second improvement, and mm-hmm. they because they've been working on the barbell cycling. That is all a tribute to them training in class and learning how not to stop the bar at the hip and let it skim the thigh mm-hmm. and, and then touch the floor. Learning that is huge because you can be the strongest, but it doesn't mean you're the fastest with the barbell because okay. you're going to get someone that medium weight that is strong as well. They may not have a, like Froning, he didn't have the best fr- uh, front squat max, but he's going to beat them in other aspects. Maybe there's 185 pound front squats and a wad, but he moves so efficiently, he's fresher through those. He's mm-hmm. going to beat those guys who max out at 435. Yeah, or double grace. Or what, yeah, yeah, just things like that. So, you know, that's where we want it to apply. And that's our, really our test. So you have to have a measurable um, test retest. Okay. So some sort of either quantity, quantity, time, yeah. measurable standard to, and you're saying at, um, as prescribed for the most part, yeah. banded versus unbanded. So that way, you know, that person is able to repeat that or improve upon that. Or it could be, let's say last time we did, uh, let's say we did Fran and last time you did, um, 75 pounds, this Mm -hmm. time you could do, uh, I'm sorry, 65 pounds. Um, and you did 55, Mm -hmm. but you could do 65 this time. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes I'll have them retest the 55 just, just to see, so they can see it. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? So now they went completely unbroken and they went faster and they shaved three minutes off the Fran. And yeah, we use the same weight. Yeah, they could have done 65. But sometimes I'll be like, hey, let's just go and retest that. I know we can do 65, mm-hmm. but, but. I, I, want you to sh- I want you to see how much more efficient in your thrusters you are now and how much stronger you are with those. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just saying that they had the pull-up part, that that didn't completely improve, or maybe both improved, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I want them to improve on that, and then they can see it. So competition is just kind of good to test all skills that are unknown meaning you don't program it. It's good to test your actual training and okay. programming against a benchmark of some sort against a, against someone else's programming that. So if we, if someone comes to our gym, they struggle with our programming and our athletes don't struggle with it in comparison because they do our programming. But if our athletes go to another gym and is specific on a all endurance body weight, long some sort runs, of bias, yeah. we're not going to do as well. Mm-hmm. We're well-rounded in here. We're not great at, this or great at that we're well but you don't lean towards one particular right so we're sphere they should people training long runs endurance body weight type shit they're going to beat most most of our people on that but they're going to come in here and they're not going to do the starting weight of our thruster um so it's kind of like because ideally a competition should be mixed across Mm -hmm. you know know, strength, strength endurance uh body weight but it's unknown so that's what's good is that we're not really training for it with a purpose, we're training so many elements that we're good at everything. Good, good across the board. Mm-hmm. I guess against broad time and modal domains. <laughs> <laughs> Using that CrossFit lingo. All right. So this week we talked about working out um, what it is and what it isn't um, training and how that directly correlates to improving upon your ability to compete. And, you know, don't get it confused competing, you know, like, and that's why I asked Brody the question. It's not necessarily you're at a competition you know, and there's a DJ and lights mm-hmm. and, and, and an announcer and stuff like that. You know, it can be uh, something as simple as a benchmark or repeating a workout that you've done just to compare and contrast and see if there's been any improvement. So, yeah, I mean, competitions, you can learn that it's not just all about your fitness, it's about your communication, teamwork, efficiency, transitions. There's a lot that goes into the competition scene if you're seeing if you're doing a team. So it's just a hard measure, mm-hmm. you know. They should be, you should be more looking at improving your teamwork, communication, transitions, and things like that at competitions more so than your fitness. Your fitness should be really kind of on point by then, but there's things that you can learn about yourself that you can bring back to the wad floor and kind of focus on even more and tighten that up. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think competition is, should be a showcase more than anything. 
of your a test. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a test. And, and especially like you said, against other people's programming. Yeah. And then you get to go against other athletes and then you get to test what they do for their programming at home in comparison and a validation of sorts. Good, good example. Yeah. We can close on this. We had the, um, the girls just got first down at um, Kentucky, really, really tough competition. Uh, they went to the finals. Finals was uh, 12 devil's presses at 35 pounds. And it was probably what a 40 foot walking lunge, 40 foot dual overhead walking lunge dumbbell. Overhead? Uh, one was on your shoulder. Oh, one yeah. was regional above. standard. So one was on shoulder. One was above head <clears throat> Okay, walking lunge. And then it was, it was a four, relay. Three, so yeah. yeah, I did four. four. First person down had to do four rope climbs and then had the lunge, the 40 feet back. back yeah. And then, then the, the next, next athlete would go and it was same thing, mm-hmm. except it was three, three rope climbs lunge back and mm-hmm. then the last seat athlete did two rope climbs mm-hmm. all of our girls went unbroken on lunges and they because you program them at least we lunge once step a week up. right yeah, we lunge or step yeah. up every single week and to me these other girls who were in first um they won all but one event in the prelims no they won all of them did they win all of them mm-hmm. so they won all the events in the prelims beat but they were they all got second, so they were all they were within the striking distance, mm-hmm. and points were double in the finals. Two of their three girls broke on the lunge. Mm-hmm. Okay, the uh, the other two teams because it's top four. The other two teams they all broke. Uh, they had people on their team that broke on the lunge as well. Mm-hmm. But then when they get to the rope climb, well, hell, we've been rope climbing once a week in here for probably sixteen weeks, mm-hmm. fourteen weeks. So they go to the rope climb. Our girls are up and down, up and down, up and down, mm-hmm. and they're struggling. And then on the lunge back, they're struggling. So it just shows that they, they did not test. They don't test that. Mm-hmm. We were shocked at these people, uh, because a couple were regional girls, mm-hmm. uh, and they kind of struggled with this. And the uh, team that was in first, you would think they would be able to lunge all day. And it was literally in their lunge rope climb where it looked like they don't ever do them. Mm. So, and they got tested and our test paid off. Like you couldn't have written a better workout for you guys for, for, for how you program. I came out. I was like, <laughs> are you like, are you shitting Jenna's me? Jenna's like, she's like, I'm so concerned about the devil's press. I'm like, dude, you, you guys, we lunge. We just had like two months ago, we had a initial lunge buy-in of 200 feet every round. And it was an AMRAP. You had to go unbroken on the 200 foot. You could not break. If you broke, you had the penalty of burpees over the dumbbell. So you guys are so far. You're, 80 total feet with a break in between like what the hell are you worried about like <laughs> you just did 300 feet two days ago like you know so, yeah okay. all right that covers working out training and competing and that brings this week's episode to a close i'm knowing i'm out bye peace thank you for listening to the one more rep podcast you can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at One More Rep Podcast, or on Twitter at Can I Get One More, or shoot us an email at Can I Get One More at gmail.com. <laughs>